0: contributed today and shared uh, their talents, their gifts in the worship of the Lord. Turn with me in your Bibles once again to the book of Ephesians. Uh, Ephesians, today we're going to look at chapter 4. Let's join together for prayer. Dear gracious Lord and Father, Lord, we thank you for uh, the privilege that it is to come to Your house and to worship You. And we praise You, Father, for uh, the real joy that comes with with opening Your Word and allowing Your Word to speak to our hearts, allowing it to feed our souls. And Lord, we pray that You would enable us, Lord, to, to experience Your true love. And Lord, that we would hear Your voice in our life. And Lord, that all the cares and the concerns of this world all the distractions of of this day would pass by and allow us, Lord, instead to, to focus upon You, to focus upon Your Word, and allow You, Lord, uh, to instruct us in how we should live, that we might be holy and acceptable in Your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4 is where we're looking, and we're going to... Uh, look in this pa- uh, particular passage of scripture for uh, 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 the second section of uh, the book of ephesians we've been through the first three chapters and the first three chapters kind of tells us uh, uh, what it means to be a, a Christian what it means to be a child of God what it means to to live uh, the life of a a, a servant of God, a, a someone who follows after Christ. And and now we come to chapter 4, the second half of the book of Ephesians. And and this book, you, you, if you have to remember, was not written just simply to one particular church and in, in, in that one church in Ephesus. It was no doubt written to all the churches in Asia Minor, but... Ephesus was one of uh, the churches and it was either the most prominent or it was the last one to receive the letter and so uh, that's how this book wound up with the uh, the moniker of of Ephesians but uh, it it was uh, written to a, a whole uh, region of churches and and so for that reason it it, it describes uh, the Christian life and what it means uh, to be a Christian because Paul was, had gone through uh, this area of Asia Minor uh, leading people to Christ and telling people what it, uh, about the wonderful love of Jesus Christ and His sacrifice on the cross of Calvary for their sins and, and uh, drawing them to an understanding of salvation and, and had started and began... Uh, uh, and it was instrumental in the in the beginnings of all these different churches that uh that he planted along the pathway of his missionary journey and and so he 's writing this letter to to encourage them he 's writing it because he can 't be there physically himself and he 's writing it in order to to help them uh in their Christian walk and many times we realize that we need that help as well we need that encouragement that unction to uh, to live as we're called to live and so he describes what it is to be a Christian in the first half of the book in chapters 1 through 3 and in chapters 4 through 6 he's uh, beginning to share with us how to put that into practice how to live the life how to walk the walk how to do the things Things that that a Christian is supposed to do, and so it's important for us to to remember uh, where we are in the, in this book and and understand uh, the significance of it and. And so Paul begins to describe that in these first few verses in uh, chapter 4. And so what we're going to do is we're going to camp out here in, in chapter 4 for a couple of weeks to uh, to really get an understanding of what Paul is trying to help us to, to understand, what the Holy Spirit it was leading Paul to write in his inspiration for this book and to, to help us to understand the, uh, uh, the importance of what it means to to do more than just simply uh, to have something you know there's so many people that that basically they the uh, uh, the Christian life is just a, a box that they've checked okay uh, uh, yeah I grew up in a Christian home and we go to church every week so check I I uh, walked aisle and I Uh, gave my heart to Jesus and and shook the pastor's hand and and got baptized and so I'm good to go. I I checked that mark on the uh, 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 front of my offering envelope. Along with reading Bible daily, and brought my Bible and and uh, studied my lesson. Uh, it's the Christian life is more than just a box to be checked. The Christian life is more than just simply uh, uh, something that that we do because it's expected of us. It is uh, the Christian life is all about uh, our relationship to Christ because of what He's done for us, and so uh, we read these. Uh, this passage of scripture uh, in the first couple of verses, and I want to read that with you this morning. And uh, uh, let's let's look at first uh, the verse, the first six verses. It says, "Therefore, uh, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all." lowliness and meekness and with long suffering forbearing one another in love endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace there is one body and one spirit even as you are called in one hope of your calling one Lord one faith one baptism one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all and so we uh, want to stop there at this look at, at Ephesians chapter 4. And this is the groundwork. This is the, uh, the bedrock of what we need to understand about uh, the next section of the book of Ephesians. You know, uh, many of us uh, in our life, we uh, have a drawing in our life of belonging well that's one of the things that that is uh a part of our nature we want to belong a part of the group we don't want to sit out there all alone it, it uh, uh sociologists will tell you that it's all a part of the pack mentality of of coming together in groups or in and uh, uh uh in order for to have safety in order to to help one another to survive and those kind of things. Uh, but whatever you want uh, to to uh, attribute it to, it is a natural thing for us to want to be a part of a group. Now, we all uh, belong to different groups in our life, whether we realize it or not. And it has to do with, uh, with uh, what stage we are in life. When we're a young person, we're belonging to a group. We like to wear uh, our... Uh, school team colors because it means that we're a part of a group. We're part of uh, that group of people that come together at that school. When we get older and we enter into the workforce, we, uh, we find belonging and being a part of a, a corporation or a, a the factory or uh, organization uh, uh, a company that that we can uh, in essence wear our own colors that represent the fact that we're a part of that uh, that company that organization that uh, factory that that uh, that job and we wear those those colors to set us apart to distinguish us from other people and we do that in our social life as well some people belong to service organizations Uh, uh, they belong to uh, the elks or the gophers or the goats or whatever it might be and and we uh, we all uh, they uh, in order to be a part of that group, in order to be a part of that service organization club, uh, you have to do things a certain way. You have to uh, wear a funny hat or you have to wear colorful shirts or whatever it may be. You And you go and you do things in a certain way. And people will uh, walk over broken glass to get to a meeting so they don't break the rules and, and uh, face the penalty of not being a part of a group. Uh so often uh you see young people, it amazes me uh that young people will uh from time to time want to to uh consider themselves a loner, a, a lone wolf or somebody that wants to be separate and not non conformist, but what do they do? They all wear black and wear black fingernail polish and black makeup, black lipstick and a lot of eyeliner and and guess what? They, They cling to other people that are doing the same thing and they wind up uh, doing and and in their nonconformity, they're conforming to a, another group that is just not a part of the the rest of the groups. It's it's funny to me that they're they're acting like they're non-conformist when they're conforming to another group. And so uh, we have that natural tendency, and uh, and. Unfortunately, sometimes it keeps us from doing the things that we ought to do uh, we uh, uh, This reminds me of of a uh, passage of scripture found in the book of John chapter 9 in which Jesus is going to the temple and he comes across a young man that has been blind since birth. You might remember this uh, passage of scripture and uh, he asked that he would be healed and and Jesus comes up to him and he spits in the ground and, and uh, gets some a uh, uh, spittle in the ground and makes some mud and puts the mud on his eyes and then tells him to go wash in a pool and, and his eyesight will be restored and the young man does what Jesus tells him to do and when he washes his eyes he, all of a sudden he can see and uh, so immediately he goes to the temple and he's rejoicing and he's so happy and he's telling everybody what's happened to him and people can't believe him that that he's uh, the same guy that's been blind since birth and, and uh, he's uh, following the procedure of what it means to be a, a Jewish young person and wanting to worship God in the temple. What do you have to do? Well, if you if you have a, a malady like a blindness, that means that you're unclean. You can't go in the temple. And that's why he sat out in front of the temple all this time, uh, begging because he couldn't earn a living, and he couldn't be in the temple. That was as close as he could get was to sit outside of it. But as soon as he was healed, what does he do? He goes to into the temple to show himself to the priest. Why? So that he could be declared clean so he could go into the temple and worship God, maybe for the very first time in his whole life if he had been born with blindness. And so he's wanting to go into the temple to uh, be close to God and to worship God and to tell uh, everyone about what God has done in his life. And the, pre, uh, the Pharisees come along and they, uh, they start questioning him. You know, the Pharisees, they never can, they never can really understand the, the significance of what Jesus did. And they always draw the wrong conclusion. And so uh, immediately, instead of praising God for what he had done in the life of this young man... The Pharisee said, by what authority? Who did this to you? Who who healed you? Uh, wh- whose authority did he have the right to heal you? That's the craziest thing in the world to, to ask. But uh, the young man, he, he tells them about... Uh, what uh, uh, the fact that Jesus healed him, and and he doesn't know who Jesus is, but Jesus is the one that healed him, and and he's rejoicing because of what uh, God has done in his life, and and the Pharisees they're not satisfied. They go to his uh, parents, and they uh, and they ask his parents, "Well, what do y'all have to say about it? What do y'all have to say about uh, who is it that healed your son?" And the parents, what did they say? They say, well, we don't know anything about how he was uh, healed or anything like that. All we know is, is that he's been blind, and now he can see. Go ask him yourself. He's old enough to talk to you about it. And, 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 uh, but there's an interesting passage of Scripture in that uh, before they give their response. They say, because they feared the Jews, they would not testify as the fact that it was Jesus that had healed him. It was because they were... And and what uh, what really is in the text there is is that they were uh, afraid of... Uh, the word is unsynagogued. And what that means is uh, basically excommunication. They were afraid of the Jews. They were afraid of the Pharisees because if they had said the wrong thing, they were afraid of being cast out of... Uh, the temple being cast not not able to go into the temple to worship god and we have that same fear as well we want to be part of the group we want to be a part of the uh the, the organization and many times we allow that fear of being uh ostracized that fear of being put out to keep us from doing what is right, keep us from doing what we know we ought to do, what we know we ought to uh, to be about doing. And so this passage of Scripture tells us uh, what we ought to do in order to be the Christians that we ought to be, in order to be the followers of Christ, in order to be uh, uh, following after Jesus Christ, we, not, we need to do more than just simply know the doctrine. We've got to put it into practice. And, and that is a formula that Paul uh, follows time and time again in his writings. He shares the, the doctrine of what uh, needs to be understood and what needs to be applied in the life. And then he follows it with the life application. And that's the important aspect. You know, all of this that we have learned about what it means to be uh, chosen of God, what it means about the plan of God to give us our our Christian life, to give us our salvation, means nothing if we, when we uh, have the Christian life uh, 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 ignited within us that we don't then... Live our life and apply it to our life. It means nothing because we uh, listen. Uh, uh, Christ comes into our heart and our life to change us, and if that change doesn't uh, uh, is is not seen in a different way of life, then we've wasted what Christ has done in us. Uh, it is a matter of uh, Christ. Uh, changing our heart and life, and then beginning to uh, to live and walk in the in the light and the righteousness of Christ, in the way in which Christ calls us to live. And so, therefore, uh, and that's why Paul says, "I therefore, at the very beginning." The therefore is, is to remind you of all the things that, he said, that He's already told us, all the things that He's discussed, all the aspects of how life is supposed to be, how, uh, how we came to know Christ as our Savior. And so he says, because of all the things that that Christ has done, because God has has called me from the beginning of time to be a child of God, because of all these aspects of what it means to be a Christian, he says, I therefore, he says, I'm going to apply it to my life. I'm going to uh, make it a part of who I am. Because of what Christ has done, I'm going to live a different life. I'm going to live a a a uh, and this is the kind of life that we need to live. This is the way in which we need to live. This is the, the purpose and the plan. And throughout Scripture, it talks about uh, uh, time and time again uh, because of what Christ has done. And and if you want to see a, a perfect example, the, the famous passage of Scripture in Hebrews chapter 11 about this great cloud of witnesses of all these people who have gone before us, all these people, and he began... Uh, Uh, And uh, the writer of Hebrews begins uh, at the beginning of history and goes through the history of the Israelites and talks about all these different individuals, about Rahab and about uh, Abraham and about uh Isaac and Jacob and all these different ones who are throughout the history of of Israel Moses and all these ones that are so integral to the part uh to the history of Israel and it says each time and again they demonstrated the fact that they had faith that they had uh belief and following after God and and they diligently followed God and he says uh, at At a culmination of this, he says, because of this great cloud of witnesses, we too need to live that way. And so uh, uh, Paul here is saying, I am telling you, because of what God has done in my life, because what God is doing in us, we need to live this way. And he says, look, he says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord... Paul is, is pointing out that one of the main reasons why he is, is saying this is because he is a, is a, the servant of the Lord, a, a prisoner of the Lord. And Paul's pointing out this in a very ironic way because Paul's in, in prison while he's writing this letter. And he's saying, look, I'm not a prisoner of Rome. I'm not a prisoner of... The emperor. I'm not a prisoner of of Caesar. I am not a prisoner of anyone other than uh, uh, the prisoner of the Lord. I I follow after him, and he's the one that directs my path. He is the one that leads me in the way that I should go. And that should be, uh, you know, our standard in our life as well. We ought to live a certain way of life, not because of of anything other than the fact that God has done all these things to bring us to a place of salvation. It's not because of of living a certain rule uh, in order to be a part of this church or living a certain rule in order to be a part of a certain social uh, economic group. It's not because of the fact that we have the pressure from from everyone to live a certain lifestyle or a certain way. Rather, it is because of what Christ has done for us, because of what Christ has has given us and it is because of the price that He paid for us uh, Paul says, in effect, I am a bond servant to Christ. I am a bondservant to the Lord. It is a decision that I have made uh, that I owe God because of what He has paid for me and that I am His because I have entered into this willingly. And, and that's what a bondservant was. It was someone who originally had a debt that was paid uh, by uh, the master and then... Uh, once that debt uh, that that payment was made uh, they had a choice they had a choice in the year of jubilee they had a choice and uh uh, when their debt was paid off, if they uh, had such a love and respect for uh, the one who had rescued them from their situation, they could come to that uh, uh, the owner and they could say, "I want to indenture myself to you for the rest of my life. I have such a wonderful life in living in, under your roof and allowing you to uh, to care for me as I serve you." And he uh, and so what they were supposed to do was to be uh, to go to uh, a, a door frame and get an awl and allow their ear to be pierced by that awl to indicate uh, I guess with a, a ring or s- uh, some kind of significant thing in their ear to indicate that they were giving themselves willingly to their master and Paul says I am a prisoner of christ i willingly give myself to christ because of the fact that, of what he has paid for me but also because of my love for him and because of what he has done for me and the fact that, uh, that he has expressed his love towards me he says i am a willing prisoner of the lord and he says uh he says i beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. He says, "I implore you, I beg of you." That's what that word beseech means. It's more than just simply, uh, <coughs> excuse me, an urging. It's more than just simply a uh, uh, a uh, uh, terms of instruction given it in a lecture or anything like that. Paul is begging these people, I beseech you, I implore you, I beg you. I, uh, 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 he's, he's expressing such a great desire that they would uh, change their way of, of life. And he says, I beseech you to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. What is their calling? What is the vocation that he's talking about? It is the vocation of of living a life that is dedicated and committed to Christ. And you see so many people today that this is relevant to. This needs to be uh, shared with. We have a lot of uh, Christians that give their heart and life to Christ and then they uh, attempt to live and walk in their life like nothing has changed. Like no, no significance has been made. like As if Christ hasn't done anything in their life. Uh, to look at them you would never uh, see that they're any different from who they were before Christ entered into their life, and Paul is saying, "I beseech you to walk worthy of the of the vocation." To and and what he's saying is, is not that we could ever do anything to earn uh, what Christ has done for us, but he says, "Walk worthy of of the." Of the calling that you have in your life, why? Because Christ has given His life for you. Because Christ has given everything. Because God has has uh, destined from the beginning of time that we would have that relationship with Him. Because of all that we've looked at in the first three chapters of what of God's plan of of working in us and of changing our lives and redeeming us and and making us and uh, heirs in the family of God. Because of all these. Things he says, we ought to walk uh, to walk similarly, worthy of the call, meaning that we ought to at least try and attempt to match the the effort that God has given towards changing our life because of all the things that God has done, that we need to as well live. and put in as much effort and put in as much uh, uh, desire to live and to walk because of all the things that Christ has done for us. It's an amazing thing to me to see uh, people that, that just simply don't understand the sacrifices that God has given and has made for us on our behalf. In a very small way it's very similar to uh, uh, seeing a, a, a family legacy uh, in to put it in in human terms in, in order for us to understand. Uh, consider uh, all the efforts that that uh, individuals make to to scrap scrapple together a life and to try and work hard to uh, to build a roof and a and a home and and to provide for their family and and you see these families where uh, uh, people uh, sacrifice so much and, and uh, uh, I I talk to people that are this way uh, that I work with and I'm sure you work with uh, some of them as well. Uh, where they not only work a regular 40-hour job, but they've got a second or a third job that they work on the side to tr- just try and make men, uh, ends meet, try and, and do what they can to, to, uh, to do everything they can to, to bring together the necessary funds to be able to provide for their family. And you see uh, a mother or father that's, uh, or both of them working so hard to, to, to do that and then you see over here on the side their children that all they're concerned about is what people think about them. All they're concerned about is having the most trendy thing and they all the while they're not considerate of all the, ta- uh, all the hard work that their parents are doing, all the sacrifices they're making, all the countless lost hours of sleep that they're, uh, they're going through just to be able to provide for their family and then the child gets upset if they don't get a name brand pair of tennis shoes or they get upset if they have to wear a, a have to use a knockoff brand of of earbuds, or or have to have a, a computer that's not the most uh, name recognized computer, and all of these people that uh, that that they go around with that they're trying to seek the approval of and to seek uh, the acceptance of, they don't consider for once the sacrifice that their parents are making, and that's in a very small minute way what we do when we uh, accept Christ into our life and then we don't uh, attempt to walk according to God's desire for us. Uh, I started off talking about all the efforts that we do just simply to belong. And what we need to realize is that God, uh, all He asks of, of us is to accept the wonderful gift of salvation. And, and because of what He has given us, we ought to desire to obey. We ought to desire to live and walk and live our life as, as God has called us to live. And uh, here Paul is saying, "Listen, because of what all that God has done, because God has, uh, you know, there's there's a philosophy that's out there, and I've told you about it before. That some say, well, you know, there's uh, there, you've got some people that say, uh, well, uh, there's no God, and then there's other people that say uh, they're." is a God, but all He's done is just simply wound up the earth and kind of sit back and just let the uh, the earth go all by itself and kind of like a top that's been wound up and put out there to just continue to go and, and no intervention from God to do anything. Uh, there's people that, that believe that, but uh, we as Christians understand that God has done enormous things throughout all of history to demonstrate His love, to demonstrate what He is uh, to help us to move in the right direction. We as Christians, we, uh, we uh, understand and know from the Word of God that, that from the very beginning of uh, the pages of, of Scripture to the very end, <coughs> God has moved in and through time to try and help move and motivate humanity to understand his love and to come closer to him to return back to a right relationship to him and and God has done all of these things in order to demonstrate his love in order to to share his love in order to to pave the uh, the penalties of our sin so that we might have that love relationship once again And Paul says And all God desires of you is to live according to His desire, according to God's rules, according to God's framework for life. And He says, I beseech you, I implore you that you would live in this way, a a worthy walk, worthy of what God has done for us with all lowliness and meekness and long-suffering and forbearing for one another. He says, God desires for us to to not consider ourselves so important that we don't consider others. He says, you need to endeavor to to keep unity. He says, in everything that you do, you need to uh, come together and work together as the body of Christ in order to live in the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. And he says, uh, look, here's an example. He says, there's one body, one spirit. You are called into one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all uh, and in all. He says, there's one God. There's not a multitude of gods. There's one faith, one hope, one uh, 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 eternal Desire ought to be to live as one. We are to live as one people, united together in one body, in one spirit, serving God and living for Him and exalting Him, one hope of our calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God. We ought to live as one. We ought to live according to God's calling in our life. We ought to live according to His hope for our life. One plan, Paul is saying. One pathway, one desire that God has for us is to live as one and we ought to live according to His desire. And so, uh, uh, you know, so often when we get to the end of, of... what we're looking at, we fail to see where all of this is leading us. And Paul is saying, look, we've looked at all of this doctrine, we've looked at all of this instruction, all of this information about our faith, and he said, it is to bring us all together in one unity, one body, one hope of living and serving God. And that's what we are called to be. And so putting all that into a life application moment in our life, we need to understand that we have a certain pathway that we should live, a pathway of righteousness. We ought to live a certain, according to uh, 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 God's desire, His purpose in our life. God is going to show us through uh, His inspiration of Paul and His writing in the next couple of chapters, uh, how we are to live out that life. But it does no good to see all of that if we're not committed to living and walking in that way. There used to be a, a something that's Uh, almost obsolete now that used to be part of our life all the time and that was we used to always belong to uh, a motor group like AAA or something like that Uh, I remember as a young person there was a North Carolina uh, motor group that my parents belonged to and you could get assistance if you broke down on the side of the road, but, uh, but also one of the key components, especially of the AAA Motor Club, was that you could get uh, maps to where you were going you know today it's not really necessary everybody's carrying their phone around and just about every one of them has some kind of map function to tell you exactly where you are how to get where you're going and all that kind of stuff and even tell you what's all around you and all that kind of thing but at one time it was important to uh to plan out your trip and get a map at least uh from the local gas station or uh, get a map from uh, uh, the drug store or or a convenience store or wherever, and take a marker or something and, and uh, find where it was that you wanted to go and find the best route to get there, the, uh, the best roads, the best course of, of travel in order to make sure that you got to your destination in the, the fewest miles and the, and the most economical way and the best way uh, to keep you safe and, and your journey and you we'd uh, we'd get a map and it, it it already have that line drawn of from where we lived to where we were going and it'd be highlighted on the highway uh, this is the best route to take and it would ha- have that that uh that highlighter that would mark the road And sometimes my parents would do it themselves other times we'd get uh, uh, that motor group to uh, to give us the trip uh, a map to to do it and, and they would sometimes even get these trip tick things that uh, show you turn by turn what you're supposed to do in order to get there and you'd open up each section and it would give a detail of that area of where you were so that if you got lost and where you were going you could open it up and you could see oh this is where I'm supposed to be instead of right here but you know, if you did all of that stuff to get ready to go, and then you just decided when you got ready to go, you had it uh, all those maps and things in, in your car in the glove box. You know that's what the glove box is for uh, is is for all the maps. And and you take uh, you go into that glove box and you uh, just shove all those maps in there, and you just turn on the car and say, "Okay, wh- I think it's that way," and just point your car and start driving. Uh, you might get there someday, but it, it, it would it would be a lot longer. I, I remember my dad, he loved to go. Uh, when we go on our trips, he, especially to the same place, he loved to just point the car in a general direction and just start going, and, and we 'd stop in some of the most out of the way places, and, and a lot of times I thought it was just to find some local color, but I think it was because my dad was lost. I think what it was. He was trying to figure out where he was and trying to if you don't take the map and follow the map, what good is it to have the map in the first place? All it does is litter up the glove box. And as a little boy, I'd open up our glove box and we'd have a ton of those maps in there of all those different things. And Dad would always shove them in there, especially after the trip was over. But if you don't look at the map, if you don't follow the map, if you don't follow the course, it does no good to get it in the first place. And you're, you're bound to get lost. You're bound to have trouble along the way. You're bound to to find that you're in dire straits. And as a Christian, if we know the course that we're supposed to take, if we do, and, and God gives it to us in His Holy Word, and God describes for us how we should live, and the course that we should take, and the pathway that's best for us as His children, and as, as His uh, and, uh, 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 heirs to inherit the kingdom of God, God lays before us, the, the proper things that we should do and how to live and how to ensure that we don't go through so many hardships. If we just ignore it, if we just simply put it aside and don't open the Word and don't follow the instructions, then we're bound to, to find troubles. We're bound to have difficulties and struggles. We're bound to get lost. We're bound to, to lose our way. God has laid out the course. He's given us the right instructions, but the first thing we have to do is determine we're going to follow them. It does no good to have it and to just close it up and put it aside. It does no good to be aware of the best way to go if we're not going to follow the instructions. Paul says, here's the instructions. Here's the course that we're to take. I beseech you, I urge you to walk worthy of the calling that God has laid out before you. To live as God would have us to live. Let us live according to His purpose. Let's pray. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we praise You for the the course and the pathway that You've given us. We praise You for the the great blessing of Your Holy Word that gives us your, Your plan for our life, Your correct course for us. Lord, help us to determine today to follow after You. Help us, Lord, to decide today that we could care less of what the world thinks of us. We could care less of who uh, casts us aside or what consequence we may face. Lord, help us to determine to follow You, to live according to Your desire, to live and to walk in Your pathways, Your course of righteousness for our life.